0: Guys from podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. and I'm David R. Smith. Today's question
1: comes to us from Donna, who has asked us to rank our top cartoon characters.
0: So, okay, we had to we had to put in some some guidelines for ourselves, or else this was going to be impossible. Yeah. So we took Disney out of the equation completely. Um, yes, because, because, we because have there's a good chance we'll lists. do a
1: Disney podcast later.
0: Oh. There's a very good chance because we have like four different Disney questions after Mm -hmm. we did our five-star ranking the princesses on their awesomeness list. Yeah. I also removed anime completely because that would have just muddied my list a great deal to the point where I would have spent probably twice as long building my list (laughs) and Dave would then not know probably a third of it.
1: That's true. Well, and and also... We spent a long enough time figuring out this list as it was.
0: Yeah, we did.
1: Like, we, we signed on to to start podcasting about an hour and a half ago, and now just finally we're able to hit record because we had to come up with our lists.
0: Yeah, although we are doing something a little different. We are. We did so, a, a cumulative the guys from list.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could have each done our own top ten, and we figured out our top twenties, our respective top twenties. But it's just fun to do something different. So, kind of like when we did our five star Disney Princesses one, but also like last summer when we did our we did our Simpsons top hundred episodes of The Simpsons, and we did the same thing where we collectively ranked our top contenders, and then or sorry, we individually ranked our top contenders, and then collected them. And the ones that scored the highest got the highest ranking on our list. Exactly. Yeah. So we did so, that again
0: for comic characters, and by comic characters I mean cartoon characters, meaning they had to appear in animated shows.
1: Mm-hmm. Or movies. Or movies. Although, I guess technically some of these characters might have appeared in movies. Oh yeah, sure. Some of these characters would have appeared in movies, but not a lot.
0: No, it's, it's very TV-heavy, but I think that's not too surprising, considering... Certainly. When we were growing up, was a golden age of cartoons. We also had the original golden age of, like, we were in the Renaissance in the '90s when yep. cartoons started to get really good again after the weird cartoons that were actually commercials of the '80s.
1: But there's also the golden <laughs> like the age where Choco every.
0: Hour? Oh man, they're so great.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Put yeah. Down, so put down those entertaining Mattel products. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, exactly.
0: But also a bunch of the channels where we were growing up would show Golden Age, like Looney Tunes and yeah. Jetsons, Flintstones, uh, Hanna Barbera stuff, mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry, a whole bunch of things.
1: Yeah, and that was that was kinda nice. I mean Saturday mornings for me were get up. I think I would watch Pee Wee's Playhouse and then Rock or um uh Looney Tunes would come on. Okay, yeah. And so I would spend a bunch of my mornings watching Looney Tunes first thing on a Saturday morning. And if and when I have kids, there may not be Looney Tunes to be found on TV. But you best believe I got a shit ton of Looney Tunes DVDs that my kid is going to be watching. (laughs) Yes. Because Looney Tunes is amazing. And we have a decent contingent of Looney Tunes characters on our list.
0: There's a healthy amount. (laughs) But it is tough when there's so many to choose from. And, like, yeah. looking, at, looking at our cumulative list, there is definitely a swath of amazing 90s characters from my list that didn't make our top 20 just because you weren't as familiar with them. Or, like, sure. you had just aged out, whereas they were right at the prime for me. Because we're only two yeah. years different. But two years in terms yeah. of cartoons, that makes a difference. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, but it's also a fairly decent cross-section of cartoon characters. Um, The one thing that I will say is We both limited ourselves to three characters per TV show Yes Or in certain
0: cases We also would combine characters Certainly Because it was like Oh, there's three characters in the show that I really like But I picked this one and Dave picked that one Mm -hmm. Well, let's just combine them So we can talk about them at the same time
1: Yeah, but there was also some that came Kind of as a package deal For instance And watch me segue into our first honorable mention, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. To separate Rocky and and
0: Bullwinkle Bullwinkle is folly.
1: Right? Bullwinkle alone is okay. Rocky alone is okay. But Rocky and Bullwinkle together are spectacular.
0: Yeah. They were a lot of fun. I loved that show when I was growing up.
1: So did I. I really, really enjoyed it. I remember... uh, It was... I think that one was on After School for me. On like YTV or something like that. It was... uh, And... It was also on fairly regularly at my grandma's place whenever I went to, to her place on holiday and everything like that. And I got to see uh, a, a fairly decent array of Rocky and Bullwinkle and all I just loved it. Like I, I used to try and do the Bullwinkle voice and Rocky this the flying Squirrel was great, but like Boris and Natasha as villains were tremendous. Yep. So I even
0: liked P- Mr. Peabody and Sherman.
1: Yeah, they weren't bad at all. Like they were they weren't the best part of the show. Oh but no, they were no. still Considering it was kind of a variety half hour of sketches and everything like that, but you always kind of got Rocky and Bullwinkle and then uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, and uh, yeah, so it was you know, kind of got a, a decent cross section. They were actually pretty good. Plus, they you know are ripe for parody as well because you've got I can't remember which is it Family Guy when they're going back through time and they pass Mr. Peabody Peabody and Sherman. I can't oh, remember. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there's... I think
0: it is where Stewie yeah. and Brian are traveling back in time.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it was it was a, a good little show, and I mean, it was on I think when our parents were kids. Yeah. Or at least when our parents were younger, and it kind of made a, a resurgence uh, in the '90s, and it it made for some really good TV. Now, granted, they made the remake movie that I never ended up seeing because it looked terrible.
0: Well, and Dudley Do Right was a part of that too, wasn't it?
1: I believe he was. Yeah. Yeah. And Dudley Do-Right was a great character as well. He was a yes, he was. he was. He was a Mountie.
0: Yeah, he was a Mountie. Yeah. Yeah, so... Ha- having to fight Snidely Whiplash?
1: Totally. Yeah. 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 The, the guy with the mustache. Yeah, and he'd always try. Somebody up on the, on the railroad track. Nyeh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because basically all cartoon characters did Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, expert exactly. impressions. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. So anyway, and that's kind of... Pardon me? You don't know. Which, as a kid, you didn't know. No. But you were just like, oh, that's the evil voice. But then you start watching movies from the 30s and 40s, it's like, oh, I see what that character in all my cartoons is from.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So, yeah, that's our first honorable mention. Cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, Our second one, I suppose, that I'll introduce in because it's on there because of me is Foghorn Mm -hmm. Leghorn. Speaking of
1: Looney Tunes. Yeah. The first of... A number of Looney Tunes Yep I like Foghorn Leghorn I mean he's a Looney Tunes character So I have nothing against him But he just He was never that character that really stuck out at me The so, older
0: I get the more I like him
1: And why is that? Is it just because he's goofier? Is that kind of the idea? or it's, I don't When I
0: was younger When I was younger I was a Taz fan Mostly And I liked Elmer Like I liked all of them And, sure. and some stuff we'll talk about later mm-hmm. As well but I don't think I got that character until I started to experience more and experience more media, especially from the era.
1: Because okay. once you
0: start seeing that, like, southern blowhard sheriff or plantation owner or lawyer or that southern gentleman character, right? You start to realize how ridiculous Foghorn Leghorn is in taking a jab at that at a time when that probably was still a little bit not risque to do but that was still a like a person a stereo sure like there was still that kind of southern mystique when they were making Foghorn Leghorn
1: okay yeah
0: and especially in media maybe not actually there but especially in the media there was a lot of that When you see stuff, even the Tennessee Williams, you're watching Big Daddy Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, right? Like, there's all of that sort of thing, and they've turned this character into kind of a sassy blowhard. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just—the older I get, the more I like Foghorn Leghorn.
1: And that's fair, and I didn't dislike him. He just was never one of my favorites, and so I didn't ever consider putting him on the list. But I don't begrudge you having him there because, again, he's Looney Tunes, and he is funny-like— when when it's between him and the dog trying to convince the kid that he's a a chicken hawk and and all the different things that he's trying to get the the little the little bird to do, they're good cartoons. Just they weren't ever the top of my my Looney Tunes list, I guess. No, and that's fair. Yeah.
0: Well, it's just like him and the dog, him and the actual chicken hawk, him and the yeah. weasel. I love that weasel. The weasel the sketched yeah. out like Peter Lorre weasel.
1: Yeah, that weasel. I forgot about the weasel. Those ones are always good for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then there's okay, that nope. like sweet old. There's this sweet like hen, with the bonnet and the glasses, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who totally loves him for some reason, despite yep. the fact that he's an awful person. <laughs> totally.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. I I may have to once I when I watch those cartoons with my son slash daughter slash me, I may have to. In slash your dog more into slash, slash tomorrow Slash my dog Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah Okay Well into the actual List we go uh, Number 20 Is our first Simpsons Character And that's Miss Maggie Simpson mm-hmm. Or Margaret Simpson Or McGaggy Simpson
0: <laughs> the- What isn't it McGaggy's birthday
1: <laughs> Oh <laughs>
0: He just starts Eating the letters <laughs> No Homer <laughs> there's I made another cake you can ruin over there. Ooh.
1: The best part about having Simpsons characters on here is we can just make Simpsons references and I mean because although there's we have so be much trouble. Yeah. There's going to be re- references to all kinds of things on here. Maggie's great. She's the the quiet Simpson, but she's the one who has a lot of character considering she doesn't say shit. Yeah.
0: Uh, Her shooting Mr. Burns Spoilers Mm -hmm. I guess To 20 some years ago Of The Simpsons Yeah (laughs) Made no sense But ever since They went with that They gave Maggie So much more Dynamism In her character She does so Mm -hmm. much more Like there's the episode Where uh, The mob is going to kill Homer For Spring Shield Yeah and she she has his gunning backup And then it plays the Sopranos theme While she's falling asleep They've made <laughs> Clockwork Orange references with her She's been like a Britney Spears Pepsi commercial dancer She's made weird throat slashing gestures uh, In one of my favorite episodes Any Given Sundance uh, There's that somebody who yells Death to Maggie <laughs> And it just cuts to Maggie And she's like who was that I'm Gonna go get him <laughs>
1: She does definitely, like, she has a nemesis. She's she's a year old, and she's got that baby nemesis with the unibrow.
0: Even Maggie has got that baby with the one eyebrow, and it's the baby, like, <laughs> going down the street, and it's just the eyes narrowing. Da, da,
1: da, da, da. Doesn't she, at one point, smash a bottle and, like, use it as, like, a, a smashed beer bottle as a weapon? Yeah. I'm sure that happens at some point.
0: That definitely does happen. Maggie is a mean drunk.
1: Yeah. Uh, She's the part of
0: the best B story the Simpsons ever made in The Streetcar Named Marge.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Where she's the cooler king slash it's also the birds.
1: It is the birds, right?
0: Yeah, it is. It's also the birds.
1: Okay, because I just recently watched The Birds and there were moments and I was like, I think the Simpsons spoofed this in A Streetcar Named Marge.
0: And yet another one of the reasons why that is my number one. My personal number one.
1: That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because there's a couple. Because I think Hitchcock at one point, because he's walking past um, Anne Rand's school for Tots. Yeah. And there's an a Alfred Hitchcock character walking his dog, and that character comes out of the, the pet store right at the beginning of the birds. Yep. But then there's also, like, the, the weird, like... The sound of the sucking soothers As Homer comes in As he goes to pick up Maggie And like that's
0: That's 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 a birds reference
1: Yeah Okay Good I thought I got that But I was like Wow that's a That's a deep pull Simpsons Very well I mean A deep pull in respect To the rest of that The the pop culture references In that TV In that episode
0: Yeah They literally switch From the great escape To the birds For seemingly no reason And they make that Eerily creepy
1: Totally yeah, no, and that's all Maggie. That is true. I I don't think I I know you love Maggie, and I don't think you're. I give again. I don't think I gave her the love that she deserves. These top ones are a lot of like, us kind of going back and forth, being like, this wasn't necessarily high up on my list or on my list at all. But I'm still really happy that this character's on here, and that's how I feel about Maggie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There is a new episode which I don't. Did you see the one where the Simpsons are banished from Springfield?
1: Uh, not since the spring, uh, the Simpsons movie.
0: Okay, uh, there's one essentially where they are kicked out of Springfield for basically being themselves. Sure. There's a there's a town meeting where they go over basically the damage that the Simpsons have caused, so they are literally banned out of Springfield. So they go to live in a place called the Outlands, and Okay. so it's an off the grid kind of like quarter and weird like fixing your own stuff and stealing snake eggs for food kind of place and
1: yeah. they
0: give Maggie a Mad Max angle where she falls okay. in with a group of toddlers who have essentially a thunderdome so then Maggie's hair changes from Maggie hair to a mohawk.
1: Amazing.
0: And, and she's like the enforcer of the family. You, I think you should probably try
1: and see it. Okay, good to know. Great, that sounds awesome. Yeah, the more we talk about it, the more I like Maggie. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. Cool.
0: Our number 19 is on the list for me, specifically, and that is a combination of Gurr and Invader Zim.
1: And this is literally the only characters I am not familiar with. Like, I know of the show and might have seen an episode, but am not familiar whatsoever with Invader Zim.
0: Yeah, it's a a really late Nickelodeon show. Okay. Uh, I saw it first year of university for the first time. Okay. Like, it's super late, but essentially what it... Do you know kind of what it's about? No, not really. Okay, so uh, there's a, a massive race of aliens who, they essentially, they send an invader to a planet to conquer the world to bring it into the Empire, essentially. Okay. Zim is terrible at it and they kind <laughs> of treat him like he's a joke. Okay and they send him to Earth. Okay. Every invader gets a Sir yep. S I R and they are like the like an AI robot companion who helps them conquer places, like a weapon and also a supercomputer and they help essentially it's the pair of them will conquer the planet. Okay. Uh, instead of giving him a sir, they go to the garbage and grab a defective one and throw some random stuff into its head, and it becomes Gur, a taco-obsessed l- lunatic. <laughs> they are both okay. terrible at their job, so, but nobody notices that they're aliens except for one kid named Dib. So Dib has to stop Invader Zim from doing it. Or from conquering Earth, but okay. Zim probably never will because he's pretty terrible at it. Right. Uh, and Gur does not help.
1: Huh. That sounds pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, the voices are all good. Kevin McDonald from The Kids in the Hall is one of the, the head aliens. Okay. And he's okay. in quite a few. Yeah. There's weird, like, mini pig, and there's episodes where uh, Zim becomes Santa for some reason to try and conquer the earth with Santa. Okay. Uh, there's an episode called Hamster Geddon where he accidentally makes a Godzilla-sized hamster with a laser cannon for an arm. Amazing. Yeah, so I have a stuffed ger, like an actual plush 8-inch okay. ger because yeah. usually they're supposed to disguise themselves as local wildlife or whatever. Um, okay But Gur went with He has Essentially A bear suit So he looks like A teddy bear With weird buggy eyes And there's a zipper In front <laughs>
1: <laughs> Amazing
0: Alright if, if anyone hasn't seen it And including Dave Like if you haven't yeah. seen it It is completely available On the Online You can find it Probably watch cartoon online Or something like that Okay um, Or if you can find it I definitely recommend Giving it a few episodes uh, it is that old-school Nickelodeon-style still where they do two mini-stories an episode, so two 10-minute stories. Right. And it's creepy and weird and really funny.
1: Nice. Okay. I'm definitely going to try and check that
0: out. So that is our number 19, specifically because it was much higher on my list. Yeah. Gurren Invaders in.
1: All right. Number 18 is the first of a few South Park characters. Cartman.
0: Eric Cartman.
1: So much of the chicanery that happens on that episode is because of Cartman.
0: Yeah, that series... It would not be the same without him. No. Though there are occasions where he gets to be a bit too much. Certainly. Which is why he didn't make it up onto my list... Which would have put him way higher.
1: Yeah. And I do agree with that, which is why he was the highest of the ones of the South Park characters on my list. Right. Is because there are sometimes where, like, when Cartman gets overly racist, I don't love that. Yeah. Um, We've alluded to the fact that Sean and I have been watching a lot of South Park lately for uh, a Guys From project that we're working on. And there are some, like the, the China problem, where he it's just kind of overly racist. Or P, where they're at the the water park, and, and he sings a song about how there are too many minorities in the water park. Like, that... that
0: and it's like yeah. three bloody and minutes long.
1: That kind of stuff, I don't love. Ugh. But because there are so many other episodes where he is just so st- sadistic and twisted, and if he wasn't there to be the punching bag and to drive the story forward... I don't know if South Park would be around for twenty years like it is.
0: No, that's and that's exactly fair. When yeah. he is on, he is fantastic. Yeah, I
1: think, and I mean, even think about the the early episodes, like the Beefcake episodes and stuff like that. were but that's an unfair thing, <laughs> like statement, is because even even none of South Park at that point wasn't the majestic beast that it is in say like season 9 10 11 kind of in that golden era of south park but it was you know like everything once you realize what you have in characters then you can start to evolve these and he just becomes more and more diabolical and nasty and it's just he that progression is really fun and then again there are some where i don't love him but i like enough of him that i feel like he's a it, it was worthwhile putting him on my list
0: Oh, that's and that's totally. F- I don't begrudge mm-hmm. you at all. I'm happy he is but on the top. But I think having
1: him up at the up in the the higher part instead of lower, and I I am okay with that as well.
0: Yeah. Mhm. But yeah, he's great. Yeah. I love me some Clyde Frog.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there is a lot of there are a lot of Cartman episodes. I think that are going to if we do a top 100 or whatever of South Park. There's a lot of Cartman heavy episodes yeah. that are
1: going to place high. Yeah. For and sure. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's, that's Cartman.
0: Great. Uh, number 17 in our top 20 plus two, so the guys from 20 yeah. of animated characters of all time, is Adam West from Family Guy, <laughs> playing Adam West, kind of.
1: Well, not anymore. Huh.
0: Not anymore, sadly. But we got a lot of good seasons of Mayor I'm Adam going West.
1: We did. That's our only Family Guy character. Yep, Which is. is fine Like Family Guy is okay But it was it, it fell off a lot To the point that I quit watching it So even characters Like Brian Whom I loved There wasn't enough Redeeming qualities For me to To vote him Into my top 20
0: Yeah that's That's okay. fair I was I had Brian and Stewie Together Cause my favorite mm-hmm. episodes Were mm-hmm. always For sure Brian and Stewie focused Yeah Road to yeah. Rhode Island Road to Europe Those sort of things But I, I'm in the same boat there are so many. Because occasionally I'll just be like, okay, I have nothing to do. Hey, there's a Family Guy on from the later seasons that I didn't watch. I'll sure. turn it on, and it's just Peter is too stupid to want to watch. And Stewie and Brian have like three minutes. And it's just, I don't yeah. care about any of the this. I'm just going to go. I mean, when,
1: when Cleveland went and got his own show, I thought that it really fell off a little bit. And it's just a lot of – Seth MacFarlane got too big too fast. So it's like you know you do Family Guy and then American Dad, which is great. But then you also have um, the Cleveland show. Like, there's just too much going on, and so I, I missed...
0: And Ted, and Ted 2, and the yeah. Orville, which is coming out on Fox,
1: or this came fall. out on Fox. Yeah.
0: But, like, so it's just, like, he's done so much stuff that, yeah, mm-hmm. the quality kind of dipped, especially on Family Guy. Family Guy took a hard nosedive, whereas American Dad, even though, spoilers to the rest of mm-hmm. our list, none of the characters made... Our top twenty. Yeah, you kind of have to take them as a whole. Mm-hmm. That show remained steady; like it never stopped being at least entertaining. No,
1: for sure. And and I I do agree that that, with the possible exception of Roger, everybody else is kind of a, an ensemble package.
0: Yeah, although if if I was to put somebody on this, it'd be Steve. And
1: Steve Smith is so good. He is such a good character. I love yeah. Steve. Um, but anyway, Adam West. When I first right. When I first saw Family Guy and Adam West was on as the mayor, I wasn't sure if they were just making fun of Adam West, or if it was, actually was. And then I saw the, those credits. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like he actually lent his voice to that show. That is spectacular.
0: To play a ri- completely ridiculous and insane version of mm-hmm. himself.
1: I think it's <laughs>
0: where he just.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's just a, a wonderful. Choice as an actor. It's like uh, Carl Weathers was the one who decided that he should play his character cheap in Arrested Development. Like yeah. when these characters, when these actors are playing themselves and decide, like, well, I want to play a caricature of myself because I don't want to be just, you know, I don't want to be Carl Weathers, the 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 guy who played Apollo Creed, or I don't want to be Adam West, the guy who played Batman in the in the sixties. Do you want to have something different and to make them eccentric? Is really fun, and the fact that Adam West. Was willing to do that is amazing
0: And he was usually When Family Guy started to take the Like a downward turn He was usually my favorite part. Right, Adam West would pop up For a 30 second joke Which in Family Guy Is actually saying something Because his was usually based in the story for a change Yeah, Which
1: was yeah. adorable
0: <laughs> And then he'd disappear again Just be like yeah I will remember that Adam West joke Because it was great Yeah
1: yeah, those kind of one-off jokes of his, and all of a sudden it's just like, here he is and there he goes. Those those were so good.
0: And the, So yeah, our 17, aside from a rambly conversation Seth about
1: McFarlane. Seth yeah.
0: MacFarlane, is Mayor yeah. Adam West.
1: Yeah. Uh, number 16, My Man Daffy Duck. Yeah. Another Looney Tunes when... A friend of ours and I lived together when we were both going to grad school. We spent a lot of time watching Looney Tunes and we decided that we were various characters. So Ian we decided was Bugs Bunny because he was just always kind of subtle but vindictive, whereas Daffy was vindictive but also had a little bit of a temper. Um, Yeah. And so we decided that I was Daffy Duck, which seemed very fitting, but as a result I've always had a soft spot for him. And I mean I always did anyway, but there's something about Daffy that I I really dig, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. You know between between there were there were things that he would do on his own like the Scarlet Pumpernickel which was amazing, but the whole Bugs Daffy
0: Duck Dodgers
1: Duck Dodgers yeah Duck Dodgers. Yeah. But the whole Bugs Daffy Elmer Fudd uh, Rabbit Season Duck Season those those shorts made me so happy, and Daffy always got his, yep. which was hilarious but there was other episodes like the duck dodgers and everything where he would get other people too so he had moments of of vengeance but a lot of it was him getting his head blown off and just as bill was there and stuff like that And it was just it was classic so i mean yeah daffy duck is a classic character looney tunes any looney tunes characters are but daffy in particular for me is a classic yeah
0: yeah that's totally fair I just yeah. liked all of the Daffy stuff, but specifically, and the re- that is the reason I said Duck Dodgers is I loved yeah. the Duck Dodgers. All like any time that was a thing because you'd get weird. Sometimes you'd get sure. Marvin the yeah. Martian in yeah. there too, which was always awesome. Uh, Daffy was also weirdly enough, more modernly, he was the Green turn. Oh, really? Where it was a DC WB mashup, where he was the Green Lantern, he was the Green Turn. So in some of the the random like the Lego uh, DC B- Batman video games and stuff, you would sometimes come across Green Loon and it's Daffy as a Green Lantern.
1: <laughs> I didn't know It's just that. like, he
0: does, they, it seems like they use him and they're more willing to use him in random fun things. Certainly. And that's what I really appreciate about Daffy.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And actually, like, it's, it's a test. It, it says something about Daffy because Daffy made our list and spoilers for the rest of ours. Bugs didn't.
0: No, he did not.
1: Because I like Bugs, but I don't like Bugs as much as I like Daffy.
0: No, Same boat. Yeah. Which I suppose is why we do these things together.
1: <laughs> I suppose so, yeah. All right. Speaking of the WB... Yeah. Nice segue.
0: Number 15 is the Animaniacs.
1: Classic. Now...
0: Yakko, Wacko, and Dot.
1: They are not as high up on mine, just because this is one of those ones where I... It was in that era where I had watched them a little bit, but I think it was just on the tail end of my cartoon-watching years. Yeah, whereas it fell right into the heart. Well, yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) But no, like, for this, this series was right in the heart of when I watched cartoons. Right. So I love the Animaniacs. And all of the little side things, which we'll talk about some of them later. later. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, Slappy. Yep. uh, Chicken Boo. I still find Chicken Boo ridiculously amazing. (laughs) Like, how does nobody recognize that he's a chicken? It doesn't make sense. Why is there a 35-second theme song? Oh, they were running low on time, so they just did a Chicken Boo segment. I gotcha.
1: (laughs) And that's the beauty. And, I mean, this was produced by Spielberg, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was, as part of Amblin Animation, with the WB's blessing.
1: Yeah, like... God bless Steven Spielberg for coming up while well, producing this and being like, yeah, this is something that the world needs to see. And just the, the quick little sketches are amazing. And I mean, was it the...
0: Weirdly educational.
1: Right? I was just going to say, is it uh, Wacko that does the the names all the countries? Yakko. Yakko, that names all the, the songs and uh, like... Um,
0: I think Wacko... Yacko does one and Wacko does a different one.
1: I can't remember, but yeah, like one Wacko
0: is... Wacko does the state capitals, I think. Right. And Yakko does the country, the
1: world. Yeah. Okay, I think you're right. But like, sung to a song, and I know I I I can't do it anymore, but I know that I have friends. I guarantee you that would be able to to still sing those songs because they were so impactful.
0: You know what the best part is? What's that? The voice actor still can. I know. Did he's you... like and he's done it and it's amazing.
1: Did you see him? I think it was uh, like at some uh, like a, a Comic-Con or something like that and he was on a panel and he somebody asked him and he just busted it right out. It's like, "Are you kidding me? That's amazing."
0: Yeah. And but he's he's just I've heard him talk about it specifically on the Nerdist. Oh, okay. Because he was on the Nerdist. He, uh, Chris Hardwick had a couple of voice actors on, and I'm blanking on their names, which bothers me. But regardless,
1: the the names of the they, Animadiac voice actors. Yeah. Um, um.
0: Anyway, so they were they were talking about how, how that song came together, right? And how they had to build, they had to build the song, but they had the lyrics built. But they had to figure out how they could make it work together as a song in some sort of pattern. Okay. Like he had to figure out the pattern. So they did it so many times. He's like, I will probably remember this for the rest of my life. And then he just did it. <laughs> yeah. Without even thinking, like, just
1: like what you saw in that video. It was something like that. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah.
0: United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. Yeah. Is the first part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rob Paulson, Jess Har- uh, Harnell, and Tress McNeil.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, Rob played Yakko, Jess played Wacko, and obviously Tress played Dot. Yep. Tress, who is also uh, Simpsons actors. She does.
0: And Futurama. And yep.
1: Futurama, yeah. Just a tremendous voice actor. Yes, she is. Anime and the Expert, great. Fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. Fantastic. Anything else you want to say on them? Uh.
0: Looking at our time? No.
1: <laughs> yeah. Our number 14 is Sterling Archer. Yes. Oh, God, Archer is good. The character and the TV show, but the character yeah. is just... John Benjamin has the perfect voice for cartoon acting.
0: Yeah, he really does. Because he's...
1: Like, you, you know what he looks like, right? Yeah, I do. Like, John Benjamin is not an attractive guy. Like, he's not ugly but he's not he's not sterling archer no and yet his voice works so perfectly for sterling because sterling is so sarcastic and wry that yep that john yep. benjamin who understands that kind of comedy so well is just so perfect for it
0: and he's weirdly naive yeah at the same time yeah. and he's so trusting like i've seen a few things talking about how Sterling Archer may actually be a character who's on the autism spectrum.
1: Oh, interesting!
0: And it's just they've there's been some interesting articles just written about how he shows signs of being on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, and but he is still like he's not a likable character because he's nice and likable. He's a likable character because he's so ridiculous and kind of awful. Yeah, but he gets by because he's so funny. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's because I mean like you look I've I haven't seen all the all the the series yet, but you look at him in those early particularly before he meets was it Svetlana? Was that his uh, I think so. his Russian uh, fiance. Like he's just such a deplorable character, but his deplorableness is hilarious.
0: But he also means well. Right? He just doesn't realize that he's terrible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he does, but he doesn't? Exactly. He's just, he's an enigma, which makes him yeah. so engaging and so captivating.
0: And I love the way they've developed him. And I love the way that they've continued to do things with the character. Right. To make him interesting. Right. And something very different in Archer that a lot of the other shows don't do is if there's a little throwaway joke in Archer, especially if Archer is a part of it, mm-hmm. it will come back. Sure. Yeah. Like, he'll, he he has tattoos from season two. That they don't even bring (laughs) reference to again, but it'll show up in season seven, and you're like, oh, yeah, the wee baby Seamus tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, okay,
1: great. Because he got it in season two, and they're going to stick with it, and I appreciate that. I mean, that was something, when you and I started writing sketches, that was something we wanted to do, was draw reference to something in episode one, and in three seasons later, still have that come up, even just in the background.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I love that's really clever. Yeah,
1: I love TV shows that do that that are willing to put that extra effort in, and they're not just going to make this a throwaway joke. It's like for our true fans, they will remember this four seasons from now. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So that's Sterling Archer. Now, hey, Sean. Hey, what? Are there any more Archer characters on this list?
0: Maybe, may- <laughs> maybe, maybe Doctor Krieger's right now, because because Doctor Krieger's amazing, <laughs>
1: He's and I love so Doctor Krieger. He's just batshit. Like
0: He's Like he's a I don't want to spoil it for anybody Who hasn't watched Archer and intends to mm-hmm. But He's sort of a Nazi scientist yeah. But not Yeah And he's very strange But oh. he's strange in like the most eccentrically fun way a mad scientist could be
1: Yeah for and sure. still
0: be grounded in this reality.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it.
0: He also has a really sweet van. He likes doing jazz hands, uh, and he makes really awkward erection jokes.
1: Totally, and it's
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dave, I don't, I don't really want to spoil it, but this has been out for several years. Sure. Did you know that Krieger found his clones? No. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, now I have to catch up. You really should.
0: (laughs) It keeps getting better. It does. That show is so good. Pam, all of them are great. Yeah. But because we were reducing ourselves to three, the two that could make it were Sterling and then Dr. Krieger. Yeah. Because, oh, man.
1: And I'm happy with both of those being on the list because they're both just fantastic. (sighs)
0: So many good Dr. Krieger jokes, but we need to keep moving.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Again just as a sidebar if anybody else if anybody listening wants us to talk we said that we would talk about individual movies like we will talk about at one point we talked about just The Shining we are willing to do that with anything whether it's movies or TV shows like we could spend an entire podcast just talking about or half a podcast but let's be honest probably a full podcast just talking about yeah. Archer
0: yeah we could
1: so if anybody wants that just let us know saying goodbye to our Archer characters and hello to another South Park we've got Randy Marsh yeah. Coming in at number 12.
0: I know you are super happy that he made the top 20.
1: I am really happy. Yeah. I I think Randy is just an unbelievable character. Um, he's just... <laughs> I'm, I haven't watched it yet because I'm trying to watch more than just South Park episodes. But as of our recording this, the episode I'm just about to watch as I churn my way through... A crap ton of South Park episodes Is the one where he right. gives himself Testicular cancer So he can get medicinal marijuana
0: Oh, that episode is so good It's
1: so good
0: Ah, oh, the hippity hop Oh, Hey, Stan Say, Stan, get me a beer
1: Dad Mom, give, Get me a beer Mom says to stop trying to give yourself cancer <laughs> There's just <laughs> And I mean, there's some moments You and I talked about it before Before we started recording they really didn't use him as well as they could have for the first eight or nine seasons. Yeah. And he's okay in some of those, but there's episodes like the one, the night, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, the one where Obama gets elected. Um, oh. It's also a, a Brat Pack movie, like a David Mamet movie. Um, it's, I'm blanking on oh. it. It doesn't, about last night. Yeah, well. About last that's night. That's it,
0: yep. And about last
1: night. Yeah, and... Um, so, Obama gets elected, and so you've got the two, the, the Obama voters and the and the McCain voters. And, like, Randy is getting drunk because Obama's Obama. the. Uh, because Obama. And so he just figures that change is imminent. Like, it's going to happen immediately. So he's just getting drunk and telling people off and singing Obama to the tune of Mandy by Barry Manilow. And he punches his yeah. boss. Like, that episode's amazing. The episode where he fights Bat Dad.
0: That was the one I was going to bring up. Where the it's the little league where everyone just hates baseball except for Randy who wants to fight dads in the stands.
1: And so when when they make the playoffs, he decides he needs to start training. And so he gets up in the morning and there's a, you know, he cracks three eggs into a into a glass and then he, he thinks that he's gonna eat drink the. Which eggs is a Rocky drink. reference, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. yeah the rocky reference and so you think he's going to drink the eggs and instead he just pours them into the skillet and cracks a beer at seven thirty in the morning and he's having scrambled eggs and a beer and he's just such a funny character oh i love him so much
0: yeah oh the everything in pandemic
1: oh my god yeah the, the, yeah. Startling, the startling and all of that
0: for no i'm i'm very happy Because like when when Dave and I were talking before, I was like, yeah, Randy's more of an honorable mention for me Mm -hmm. because of how he was misused so early. And he just starts clipping along a bit better later, but then he kind of fades in. Then he gets stupid for a few episodes, but then he's back to being Randy. So it's a bit of inconsistency. But like Eric Cartman and like a lot of characters, when he is on, there are very few, uh, roughly 11 cartoon characters who are better.
1: Yeah. And we should get to 11 so that we can take a break and get to our top 10.
0: That means I get to talk about Professor Farnsworth. <laughs> I love Professor Farnsworth so much. Yeah. he Good is... news, everyone, is one of my favorite lines in anything. Right. And then they started playing with it.
1: Just like come in and news everyone or bad news everyone. Yeah. Yeah. He's, He's I mean... an unbelievable character.
0: He's a weird old man. Yeah. And he is he plays the weird old man and they play with that a lot where he's crotchety and old and angry. Yeah. But at the same time he's really weird and he invents random stuff like the Fing longer. <laughs> and he built that ship and there's my intergalactic spaceship, which I built using these various lengths of wire. <laughs> and he opens up a drawer, and there's like five wires in
1: the drawer. He's just so proud of his wire. And that's the thing is he's eccentric and just weird and the things that he really gloms onto are the things that are not necessarily like things that you think would be funny but the way he makes them are just so damn funny.
0: And he's a weird nudist and yeah. he has a relationship with mom and he's also got kids.
1: And he's got a tattoo he's... that says thug life on his back.
0: Yeah. Which is totally amazing. Yeah. And he was insane for for a while and then he just he makes such random jokes like don't worry fry i also spent time in a in a robot insane asylum but thankfully it's almost over and he just leaves <laughs> or one of my favorite lines ever and if anyone wants us to do a top 10 lines from like the simpsons mm-hmm. feature drama cartoons whatever uh oh sure a lesson in not changing history from mr i'm my own grandpa just let's just blow it up already <laughs> And then he attacks a base Asleep in a lazy boy chair
1: <laughs> uh, I was gonna come up with another line But I think that's the best way to end it Because that's the best way to end it Alright, great So I'm happy with that Professor Farnsworth Barely, barely out of the top ten But
0: Yeah, barely
1: As as a number eleven That's that's a pretty good spot for him
0: Yeah, exactly Well then, our second half is brought to you by Pickles the Cat Clown. Are you throwing a party or event for your cat? Is your corporate retreat needing a boost of excitement? Well, Pickles can offer you a refreshing and new performance, including balloon work, acrobatics, and hilarious one-of-a-kind naps. That's Pickles the Cat Clown.
1: And we're back. We're going to bust right into our top ten here with number ten, Lionel Hutz. Yeah. <sighs> to me, I love Troy McClure, and I know a lot of people, like, we looked at a couple different lists, and um, and it, I, I even looked at top Simpsons characters, and Troy McClure came in ahead of Lionel Hutz, but man, I love Lionel Hutz.
0: Uh, you very well had to because it is our cumulative number 10 and he wasn't on my list because I had Troy McClure.
1: <laughs> and, and if it would have been the opposite, I would have been okay with that. But there's just something about yeah. Lionel Hutz, the lawyer, who is just so snaky and disre- disreputable. And like the, the line, uh, Mrs. Simpson, your case is just what I need to, to help my shattered law firm. Care to join me to belt a scotch? It's 10 in the morning. Yeah, but I haven't slept in days. Like, he just... There's something about how pathetic he is, and...
0: A.K.A. Miguel Sanchez. Yeah,
1: exactly. I love that character so much. And, like, he's good as the as the real estate agent, and, I mean, the fact that his, his firm is called I Can't Believe It's a Law Firm. Yeah. It's yeah. so good.
0: Excuse me, is there an Orange Julius on this floor? I'll
1: tell you this one. It's half full
0: well I might as well just drink out of a toilet
1: <laughs> you'll be back
0: I drink some of it <laughs> and it's like what
1: <laughs> and it's just I mean losing both losing Phil Hartman me, Phil Hartman meant that there was a, a very big hole to be filled in both Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz and Gil is okay as a lawyer but Lionel Hutz made any episode where they needed legal help so good Oh yeah. So it was just it was very, I mean, heartbreaking for a number of reasons when Phil Hartman died. But that losing him as two amazing Simpsons characters was really, really tough. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, good old Lionel Hutz, number ten. He's just he's amazing.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and like I said, like I like Lionel Hutz a lot. But if I'm picking between the two Phil Hartman characters, it is Troy McClure. Sure. And I think most because people because of all of the film strips and. <sighs> planet of the apes the musical stop the planet of the apes i want to get off
1: the, you may remember and, me from such educational films you may remember me from such yeah. other films like there's just there-
0: the infomercials and the super early ones yeah where like the juice loosener with dr nick <laughs> like no that's that's where my heart actually based on the way we've been doing this we could have combined the two totally of
1: them. Like, just the the Phil Hartman. Because, I mean, he was also Tom, the big brother. Like, he played other one-off characters, but his two major ones were Lionel Hutz and and Troy McClure. So, let's just combine the two. I'm down with that. Cool. Yeah. So, Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure came in at number 10 because they're both that amazing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm also looking at number 9. Where we have also combined two, mm-hmm. and these characters aren't even easy to combine, but it's Abe Lincoln and Gandhi from Clone High. Yeah. And that's having to shave off a bunch of other amazing characters, but the heart of that show really is Abe, Gandhi, and Joan. hmm
1: For sure. The, the three kind of outcast friends. Yeah. But they drive the story so much, and Joan has just that, ever go, that everlasting crush on Abe, but he's so... Oblivious because he's in love with Cleopatra. Like, it's just, it's... But that's what really drives the story. But Abe's and Gandhi's friendship... So, you had Gandhi and I had Abe on the list, and we just thought, you know what? Right. Why are we fighting this instead of talking about one or the other? Because inevitably, we will talk about them both because you can't talk about Abe without his pal Gandhi. We might as well just combine them.
0: And, like, if anyone hasn't seen Clone High... Oh. You need to. It's only thirteen episodes, and then it was sadly canceled.
1: Sadly canceled.
0: And it's about well, well, way, way back in the nineteen eighties. Some secret government employees <laughs> dug up famous guys and ladies, and then cloned them. No. Uh, that's also half the theme song. Mm-hmm. And uh, now the clones are sexy teens. Raising them in a high school, and now yes, and now the clones are sexy teens, and they're going to make it if they try. <laughs> And so it's it's a whole bunch of historical figures. JFK, Gandhi, Abe Lincoln, Cleopatra, Ponce de Leon. Let us never forget Ponce de Leon. Oh, my God.
1: Ponce de Leon was so good. Mary
0: Curie. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: Sigmund <laughs> Freud. Freud. Yeah. <laughs> Genghis Khan. Did you say Genghis Khan already? I did not. Oh, okay. But Genghis, yep. Ha ha, Joan loves Abe. Shut up, Freud. <laughs> It's it's just so funny how you get all these characters and how they, they interact with each other. And with all these different shows coming back, like, um, as of fall 2017, apparently Will and Grace is coming back. I'm like, okay, I, I never really got into that. But, like, I'd heard that there's going to be, like, a three-part one-off next summer of The Office, potentially.
0: Yeah, uh, Rocco's Modern Life, there's some talk about. They just brought back DuckTales. Really? Yeah, DuckTales is back.
1: Amazing. So yeah, you have all these um, these shows making comebacks, and there are so many people of our generation who would go crazy if they to, announced to get Clone High back. That Clone High came back. It's one of those like I can't remember what my brother's girlfriend called it, but it's when you when you reference a line, like you just say it, like um, "Give me break, break, give me a break." Some involuntary karaoke because inevitably the next person will just start singing. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. If you go up to anybody in our generation and either say, this is a story all about how, or way, way back in the 1980s, somebody's just going to start busting into that those, the, the next part of that opening theme song to those TV shows. because
0: and, and if you found somebody else who knows Clone High that well, you will then spend the next half an hour to 45 minutes talking about those 13 episodes because there is so much packed into them. Absolutely. Yeah, Mr. Butlertron. Oh my God, President Mr. Scudworth, John. Stamos, John Stamos, and but the problem with getting it back is that it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller, right? And they're
1: so busy doing popular all now. the things. Yeah, and that is the issue. And you know that was kind of a stepping stone for them. It's like Judd Apatow doing um, uh, Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared. Like that was a way for him to get more recognition i think phil lord and chris miller did a great job of that but they are wanted in so many other different facets right now that is it really worth their time coming back and doing another episode another season of clone high we'll write it right
0: i'd I'd write it in a heartbeat to get more abe and gandhi yeah
1: yeah 100 percent. do you know what hurts joe i was just gonna go there stepped on (laughs) (laughs) but you know what hurts even more uh, what is it the 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 nail in my back
0: the knife uh, you know what hurts Joan this nail I just stepped on but you know what hurts just as much the knife in my back from you stabbing me so instead of the the stepping metaphor I should have used a stabbing metaphor but it's too late for that now
1: <laughs> it's one of those things where you kind of have to start from the beginning and work your way through like a song lyric you have to start at the beginning and be like what is that na-? oh yeah this yeah yeah and it's just, it's... oh, it's so good.
0: G- like Gandhi's reef, brief rap career yeah. with JFK and JFK's recording studio. <laughs> and his uh, dance
1: career and Gandhi on with ADD when everybody thinks that they can catch ADD from Gandhi.
0: Yeah, so he and Abe make out to prove that it's not contagious. Yeah,
1: the, the Gandhi sad eyes are amazing. Uh, like, it's just, there are just so many things about...
0: Gandhi talking about Joan's breasts in the first episode. Oh my
1: God! It's like when they're so walking
0: good. together, it's like, "Wow, Abe, you grew like six inches." Yeah, and hey, Joan, you grew like a pair of breasts. And she just kind of like brushes it off.
1: Yeah.
0: You mean mean like your breasts? Okay, you get one more. I went to camp. Was it breast camp? And then they keep walking, and she like makes this double entendre, and he doesn't say anything, and she just decks him. She's like, "You did not say it, but you were thinking it." Gandhi's like, "Yeah." <laughs> but I've been working on my finger snaps, and he's just, like, <laughs> snapping his finger. <laughs> like, oh. uh, if anyone hasn't seen Glenn High, do it. Yeah,
1: we basically, again, we could talk about it the entire podcast, but we're not here to do that. Nope. Abe and Gondi are amazing. I'm glad that I had one and Sean had the other so we could talk about the two of them together, because really they belong as a pair. Exactly. Our number eight are the guys from King of the Hill
0: specifically Boomhauer Bill Dale Gribble and Bill Diltree. yeah
1: um I like Hank and I like Bobby Hill um sure yeah did Bobby make Bobby did make my short list but he didn't make the our co- combination list just because there's too many other characters but right the the three King of the Hill guys are amazing
0: and they work so well together they really and do it's felt so weird to try and shave one of them off.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, because we really had, I mean, Dale and Boomhauer, but then I know you also kind of had Bill, and it's just like, the three of them yeah. are such a good unit. Like, you've got the the cool stud in Boomhauer, you've got the the conspiracy theorist slash, like, gun-loving nut in Dale, and then you've just got the pathetic loser in Bill. Yep. But the three of them together... It wasn't
0: always? no. And he was like an army guy, and, yeah. But he, like, he's act, all of them actually have character depth. Even Boomhauer, who might have the least, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. But he does have depth to him. Dale and his horribly broken marriage with the son that's not his. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bill, who's actually like a dream man where he's from, because he's he's him. Like it's important, and he's wealthy. and yeah. he's from. Like, did you? You remember that episode where they go to Louisiana, to, to the of estate? Yeah, yeah. Like, and f- f- seeing any time it goes back to when they were growing up, and you get to see all of them together, and it's just there's so much. There's so much with the three of them that is that makes that show so worth it.
1: Totally. Well, and <clears throat> before we were before we started recording, we talked about just how great a character Boomhauer is. And, like, I love Dale because there's some moments, like, I love that he's a conspiracy nut, and I love that he's uh, uh, kind of a lunatic. And there's one one part er, when when um, John Redcorn is trying to turn Joseph into a man, I think, and, and uh, <clears throat> or they're trying to turn Joseph into a man. And so he goes to shoot a, a buffalo in the zoo, and John Redcorn, like, catches the arrow that, that Joseph is supposed to use. And Dale Gribble pulls out a gun and says, "I let's see him catch a bullet. <laughs> and, like, yeah. those are the sorts of things where I love Dale for. But, my God, Boomhauer, we talked about before when we started recording. Um, the episode where they're volunteer firefighters. and I still
0: think that might be my favorite King of the it, Hill episode. It
1: might be. And so if anybody hasn't seen it, th- basically the episode is... Um, the four guys are volunteering at the firehouse <clears throat> and uh <laughs> um there's a fire in the firehouse and each one of them has to give their version of the story and so from Hank and and Bill and Dale's point of view it's just them telling the story but when boomhauer does it as he's telling the story Dale, Hank, and Bill are the ones who talk in Boomhauer's voice, and Boomhauer sounds normal, and it's just such a role reversal, and it's so fucking funny. It's so good. And just such an interesting thing, like an interesting way to, to do that episode.
0: And then when, like, when you think about it, it's Boomhauer telling the story to everybody else, but then it's how Boomhauer sounds to himself. Yeah. Is Boomhauer just like a regular speaking doll? And if you haven't seen it... Boomhauer just kind of speaks really, really fast, mm-hmm. and it's hard to explain, but he doesn't mumble, but he kind of just inserts words where they don't need to be, but at the same time, he's delivering the exact... I don't know how you write Boomhauer. is brilliant. He really
1: is. Yeah. And he's just so chill and low-key. There's just something about Boomhauer that is... He was on my list, and then he was off my list, and then Dale replaced him, and then He's kind of circulating around, and then Sean just asked if we could do, if we should do all the King of the Hill guys, and that made our lives so much easier.
0: Yeah, it really did. So- <laughs> do you remember the episode where Bill's trying to get back into dating, so they go to, like, Sears or whatever, so Bill can try and figure out how to take a bra off the mannequin? <laughs> and Boomhauer, like, Bill's fighting with it, and Boomhauer just, like, walks past and doesn't even really touch it, and, like, all of the other bras just, like, fly off. <laughs>
1: amazing <laughs> uh, I love it and sadly this summer I was wearing a couple tank tops when I was outside like taking Scout to the dog park and everything because it was so hot this summer yeah and I'd get home <clears throat> and I'd take my shirt off and I definitely had the Bill Dotrieve tan lines <laughs>
0: nice uh, yeah
1: <clears throat> anyway um, there aren't a lot of people who with whom I could talk about King of the Hell and I appreciate that you love some of those characters as much as I do for sure so
0: Hey, man, if you ever need to sit down and talk about Buckley or Buckley's Angel, I'm in.
1: Deal. Absolute deal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Life in a northern town playing and the ghost of Buckley's Angels jumping on the trampoline.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. Yeah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So that was our number eight. Yeah.
1: I was just saying hey because I was being Buckley.
0: Yeah. Okay. Chicken butt?
1: It's your turn to do number seven It's Homer Yeah
0: Homer Simpson had to appear on this list Mm -hmm. At some point Yeah And I think I don't know if he would be higher Like Hmm
1: If if there wasn't such a run on Crappy Simpsons episodes towards the end Yeah Yeah I think Because
0: Homer just It stopped being There was a time when Homer doing something random Stopped being funny Mm Mm-hmm it's just like, here's job number 900. Yeah. Oh, or obviously not that many, but still almost like 100. Here's my 100th job. And they, when they poked fun at it still, yeah, okay, great. But at a certain point, come on.
1: Yeah, like there was one episode, I can't remember which one it is, but it's still fairly early where he's going through, he's laying in bed, and he says, you know, Marge, I've had a lot of jobs. And he goes through and like lists all the different jobs that he's had. And he said this one's is the most. Is that the ice cream truck? I don't know, it might be, but I feel like it's even earlier than that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know exactly the one you're
1: talking about. Yeah, anyway, it's still funny and it's like, "Oh, that's that's really clever," but now it's just like Oh yeah, okay, this is this is just another Homer being weird and just he got dumber and more angry. Like, I don't know, there's The Simpsons just in general lost a lot of that humanity. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I, if anybody is interested, there's a YouTube video called, um, oh no, I, I, I told Sean about it before. What was it? The The Fall of the Simpsons. It's about a half hour yeah. YouTube video, kind of chronicling the, the Simpsons and how incredible a show it was in the first. I mean, this they they talked about up to even season five and how, season five it kind of started to decline and not comedic wise, but like just from a, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get it too much into it. Just go out and watch it. It was very interesting, and it kind of echoes a lot of what we're talking about here. And it's just—it's really interesting hearing, and just seeing like a lot of people from our generation remember The Simpsons when it was in the the classic period when Homer was funny, and you know he was just a dad and he was just trying to do what he could for his family. But then it just kind of became, eh, okay.
0: Well, they still took chances. Yeah. And they did random stuff. Like, I honestly don't think that the mysterious voyage of Homer would happen today. But that is one of the best episodes they ever made, mm-hmm. and it's Homer-centric, and it's one of Homer's best episodes. Oh, without question. As far as I'm concerned. Like, that's... It's such a great episode. Yeah. Because... It, it is nice that they, they built it yeah.
1: that way. Yeah. Well, because they they built, they took a chance and thought, okay, well, let's have Homer go on a drug trip. But then the end of that episode had some humanity and some heart to it. And it was just so, it was still so, it wrapped up so nicely.
0: Yeah. And a great Batman joke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But like, and even when you look at the first two seasons, Mm -hmm. because I think we both kind of agree that they start catching their stride three, four, right?
1: Yeah. Because I think like, the softball look- episode is season three, right? I think so the end. I think, so, think is end, season yeah. three, and that's one of the... And Clown College, I think, is season three. Like, that's when they're really starting to find what they have there.
0: But, like, before that, the series was about Bart. Yeah. And, like, Bart's fine. Mm-hmm. But when they caught what Homer could be for that nine, ten seasons, yeah. there wasn't a better cartoon character. But there's 20 nine seasons? 28 seasons?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: That's a lot of dreck in there. And
1: that's the issue, and it's like, when we were talking about Randy Marsh earlier, that's the thing, is when you find that character then it's like, oh, we've got something here, let's really make this character something, and then they do, but they just, I mean, there's a massive turnover on, on staff, and I think, you know, at, at a certain point, the, the writers just didn't know what to do, and The Simpsons kind of became a parody of themselves, and it just, yep they lost... That lightning in a bottle that they had, and I mean they're still churning it out because people apparently keep watching it, but it's just not it's not what it used to be by any means, and neither is Homer.
0: But Mysterious Voyage of Homer, Homer at the Bat, Homer the when he's crusty, the clown college episode <coughs>
1: this, um, uh, <coughs> Excuse me, the City of New York versus Homer Simpson. Yeah. Like those classic episodes are the reason why Homer's number seven, because he's good enough. Yeah. That even with a bunch of faulty seasons towards the tail end of, of the the Simpsons legacy, Homer is still worth talking about.
0: Oh yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> even when he's a film cricket.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know who else is worth talking about, Sean? Yeah. Thrill House.
0: All I've done is enter my name, Thrillo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Sean loves Millhouse.
0: I love Millhouse so much.
1: I really like Millhouse, but Millhouse is number six because Sean ha- Sean having him so high up on his list really helped pull him pull him closer. Because he was he was on my list for sure, but he was not nearly as as high up there as he is on Sean's because Sean loves Millhouse, and He's the house just... always wins.
0: Yeah. Well, like his feet are wet, but his cuffs are bone dry.
1: <laughs> Everything is coming up, Millhouse. He's just so pathetic and so funny, and like he's just the the punching bag for Bart, and he's got the crush on Lisa, and so he does anything for Lisa, like hand Nelson love notes, and then gets his ass kicked because of it. <laughs> he can't hear you. His ears are full of gauze. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, he's lactose intolerant Oh, I wish I was interesting like you <laughs> <laughs> When he meets the Shelbyville Millhouse Yeah right? like, like, it's just The thing about Millhouse Aside from all of the stuff that you mentioned Is he never dipped Right They still Because he wasn't a, ever a major character He was like a secondary character mm-hmm. Not as low as tertiary I'd, I'd call him secondary
1: Yeah, for sure he,
0: they have the Millhouse formula, and people loved it, and so they just built out Millhouse in that formula, right? And even like I've watched, uh, same deal as when I we were talking about the Family Guy, where I'd be like, "Oh, there's a new episode, whatever, I'll watch." I've got twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Whenever Mill, it's Millhouse heavy. Millhouse is still good, and that's why he's higher on my list, sure, as well, because despite. All of the crap that has gone on in that series, Milhouse has never stopped being Milhouse, and that is still amazing. Even when he moved to Capital City, dyed his hair blonde, and called everyone (laughs) B-money, he was still
1: awesome. (laughs) Well, do you remember... Obviously you do, because you watched more Simpsons than I I have, but the episode where Bart and Lisa see into the future and Homer's living underwater... Yep. ...and Milhouse is just a roided-out gym rat...
0: Yeah, they've kind of stuck with that. Have they? In the more recent uh, future episodes. Oh, interesting. Milhouse being kind of that. Although, in a future episode where Milhouse and Lisa are married, yeah. he is basically his dad. Oh my god. Like, he kind of looks like his dad. Oh Not that god. pathetic, but kind of. But kind uh, of but the he Kirk in...
1: sort of yeah. character-ish. Okay.
0: That gives you kind of... It's a Milhouse crossed with Kirk. Okay, okay. But he goes back to Michigan because that's where he went to university. Uh, but Michigan is now under Sharia law and they make him wear a burqa. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: But yeah, like they've they've played with the future millhouse a bit, but that roided out high school millhouse seems to kind of be something that they're playing with a lot.
1: Which I kind of like. Like there's the one part where where he says, Oh I It'll take two hours to, to pressurize the cabin he goes, Oh, that'll give me lots of time, lots of chance to, to blast my quads and he just stands there doing like squat thrusts. Yep. And it's just everything every every part about Millhouse is is amazing.
0: When Mr. Burns is trying to drive Lisa's independent newspaper out of business by embarrassing her, mm-hmm. so he gets lasers to fire an image of Millhouse and Lisa kick it kissing onto the moon. <laughs> and Lisa's like, Oh, what Kissing Millhouse on the moon—that's too far—and it cuts to Millhouse like with Puppy Goo Goo at his window, mm-hmm. looking out. And it's like, oh, way to go, Moon Millhouse. He's just so forlorn, and that's the old. I think that might be the only time you see him in that episode, but it's just so perfect.
1: Yeah, those uh, those throwaways are so good, and like right at the end of the one where Lisa dates Nelson, and and he's going out to take his dog just to to let his dog go to the bathroom, and and he's like, well, have you figured out who you want to? Have for your next crush. He just said, "No, it could be anybody, maybe even you." And he does the like the jump up in the air, and he basically strangles his dog because he's so excited.
0: Which, of course, is a Lhasa Apso because it's Millhouse, right? Yeah. <clears throat> he's also like Fallout Boy. Oh my god! Which is yeah. a great. I love that episode. The
1: radioactive man. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> we have to do that, Jimmy J- Jimmy scene again. We already did it. It took eight hours, but we did it. It's done
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's so good and I mean like the 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 Canadian or the um yeah the millhouse from from Shelbyville is amazing, but there's also basically the the carbon copy of millhouse in um, Cypress Valley.
0: Oh Cypress Creek Cypress yeah. Creek.
1: Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, Bart. Do you need a bed? Do you have a best friend yet? Because I've been looking for someone to boss me around. Like it's just <laughs> yet another Millhouse. So he's just kind of all over. And I
0: love the fact that he's seemingly weirdly named after Nixon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, like, who else could that be? I,
0: I don't know anyone else named Millhouse. Right. Richard Millhouse Nixon. Yeah. Which is almost as amazing as Harry Sky King Truman.
1: Totally.
0: But I digress. Mm-hmm. And I digress because guess who met Harry Truman in the past, Dave?
1: Nice segue. Dr. Zoidberg. <laughs> Thank nice, you. <laughs> nicely done.
0: I was very proud of that once I got started. I'm like, that actually works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're
1: getting Dr. Into Zoidberg just was some... my number one. Yeah. We're getting into some phenomenal characters here.
0: I love him so much. He's a lobster. He's weirdly pathetic. And he's essentially a Borscht Belt comic. Yeah. Like, he is a caricature from, like, the Mel Brooks era of Borscht Belt comedy in upstate New York. hmm And it's just... It's so ridiculous that they made him work like that. But he gets so many amazing lines...
1: So many amazing lines. You still have Zoidberg. You, you all still, still have Zoidberg. Like, this weird Jewish doctor who's a terrible doctor, but.
0: He's a terrible doctor for humans. Yeah, but he's, but great he's a with great robots. doctor for aliens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He is not the central character of Futurama, but he is so integral nope. and just such a good. Again. A lot of these characters are not necessarily the main character, but because they're secondary, they're, they can have those throwaway jokes that don't need to be there to drive the plot, but they can be there to be funny.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he, But even the episodes where Zoidberg does drive the plot, mm-hmm. he's wonderful. Oh, absolutely. L- like when he's going back to his home planet to mate, because mm-hmm. he's full of male jelly. Yep. When he finally finds true love on Earth is one of, not Seymour touching, but it's a touching episode. Yeah. Where Zoidberg finally gets something really nice in his life, and he've spent ten seasons with him, where it, it's just nothing but Zoidberg getting shat on, mm-hmm. basically, and then all of a sudden he gets something really nice, and it felt so
1: good. Well, and and even like the episode where where they're all giving the the tax rebate, is it two hundred dollars? Th- it's three hundred dollars, right? Three hundred. Yeah.
0: It's 300 yeah.
1: And so Zoiberg thinks that he's rich, and so he goes to try and find something to spend his $300 on, and then ends up just having a, a be- an alley banquet with all his friends.
0: Yeah, and, like, hobos and stuff yeah. to help, just because he wants to make people feel better. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, like, he's weirdly weird, but also just very lovable.
0: Have you seen the episode where Bender goes into witness protection? No, I don't think so. From the Robot Mafia, and Clamps joins as the new robot. Oh, really? And so he starts, like, cutting things, which was Zoidberg's job. So Clamps and Zoidberg fight. It is amazing. (laughs) You need to see that episode, because it is Zoidberg. It's Zoidberg with a spine, because he's like, this is the last thing I have. Right. I am fighting for it. Amazing.
1: One of my favorite episodes... Featuring Zoidberg is the one where... I mean, it's it's an amazing episode anyway, but it's the the two universes when the two Zoidbergs are playing king of the universe. Really, the only thing that's better than one Zoidberg is two Zoidbergs. Yes. And so just getting those those moments with those two is just absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah. It's a multiverse box. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it just makes weird noises and like... Like he's kind of a combination of a yeah, Jewish doctor, but he also has a little bit of like Mo from the three Stooges in him, or like Curly, yep. I guess, It's just like I don't know where they came up with this character, but they sure did, and my god, he just makes that episode or that, that TV show so good.
0: Yeah, he really does. Yeah. Love me some Zoidberg.
1: Yeah. Getting down to it, that's that's cracked our top five. So that means our number four is uh Leopold Stotch. Was. Yep. And for anybody who doesn't know who that is, you might know him better as Butters Stotch from South Park.
0: He's the Millhouse of South Park.
1: Absolutely. I never even considered that, but that is 100% what he is.
0: Yeah. He's a he that's what he is. Yep. And his episodes where it's the Butters and Cartman episodes.
1: Oh man.
0: Are some <laughs> of the best episodes there are. Awesome. any Butters focus. Yeah. Yeah, any Butters focus, especially because they always usually end up having Cartman in, it, in them anyway. Mm-hmm. But even Butters just shows. Yeah. Always some of the best South Park's.
1: His, like, just the way he he speaks is amazing. Like, just... Yep. I honestly, I, and I never think about it because I'm too much of a fan of being profane, but saying hamburgers as my new way of saying as my new curse would be amazing because it's just what he says and I don't know there's just his parents are one of the reasons why he's so good because they're so strict and so weird and like the episode where I mean it's it's an okay episode but it's the one where um, Ben Affleck or where where um, Kenny puts his his button instead of his fa- his button instead of his face for the for the school pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and they get the pictures back, and I think at that point it still makes Miss Chokes on Dick, who was who the teacher, and she said, you know, and one of you decided that you were going to be really funny and make a face, and everybody thinks it's going to be Kenny, and then it's like, Butters, we need to talk about your picture. And so then he gets grounded for making a face on his photo, even though he didn't do anything.
0: That's just Butters. Yeah.
1: That's it. And then his parents come upstairs like, Okay, Butters, are you ready to stop making faces? I sure am, Dad. Ha! What are you doing? And then, like, gets mad at him again for making a face, even though that's just his face. And, like, it's so good. But, like,
0: that one, when Butters, when Eric thinks he's dead... Because all the kids are ignoring him, but Butters wasn't there that day. So then they just spend time together. Butters being in Imagination Land. Yep. As a creator, Butters the ungroundable when he thinks he's a vampire. Butters at the, at the gay conversion camp.
1: Yeah, when they're trying to, where, to pray the gay away.
0: Yeah, because he's got an accountability. buddy <laughs> Butters, and Butters' very own episode. Oh, like, man. Like, it's not the funniest episode, but that one really cemented Butters as a major character in South Park. Yeah. And I appreciate it for that. And that's an awfully terrifying episode for Butters. Totally. It's like, where they try, where his mom tries to drown him in the car. She just <laughs> floats away, and then he comes back. And they, like, explain everything that happened to him, and he realizes it, and then they're going to go to Bennigan's, and it'll all be fine. Yeah. And Stan's like, are you... Really? You're going to be fine? No, this is going to take a lot of time. And he just walks away (laughs) after his parents. It's like, yeah. Butters is great.
1: And Professor Chaos is so good.
0: Oh, Professor Chaos. His
1: alter ego, his villain. Like, his his villain is just so good. And, like, Professor Chaos is the one who gets the throwing star in the eye. And then they have to take him to a vet because they don't want to get in trouble. So they dress him up as a dog. And so they're like, Butters, you have to woof. And he's hurt because he's got a... and throwing star in his eyes, like, love, love. (laughs) And he's just so pathetic and so funny, and you feel so bad for him, but then at the same time, like, that's what he's there for, and it's just, oh my god. Yep. I love Butters. I love Butters. Yeah. And
0: that's that's exactly why he's, the fact that we both almost said that in unison is why he's in our top five. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Butters is so awesome. Yeah. And, Speaking of Professor Chaos, my one of my favorite things in the first South Park video game, The Stick of Truth, was finally like getting Butters as a partner and then unlocking his ultimate, where he transforms into the anime Professor Chaos. Really. <laughs> They it was the standard like South Park like Butters just being like Butters and that sort of thing. But when you unlock his when you trigger his ultimate, yeah, it does that cool thing that they started to do in the later like the mid seasons where like it he lowers his head and the shadow appears yeah. and then he swirls the cape and then he's anime and like stomps in and stuff. Oh, oh, I love that Butters so awesome.
1: Yeah, if anyone great, hasn't played great, that great character, I haven't played but, yeah. yet. I know. Yeah. being the operative word. Um, he's a he's lot of our South Park characters, but the highest up for a reason, because it's Butters. That's me. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right. Number three is our last Futurama character. Yep. And that's Philip J. Fry. Because it's Philip J. Fry. And that's so, it's incredible because he is the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. He is the show. Like, that. the reason that Futurama exists is because he got frozen and went to the future. And, like, it, he been bringing us to the future and experiencing it through Fry. Yeah. But it was done so well, and he's such a stupid and fun character. Yeah. He was always as dumb as he always was. Totally. But
1: and that's, that's, it worked. And that's the beauty about Fry is with other characters, they kind of get dumber. Like, Homer's intelligence drops as he gets as the seasons go on, everything like that. Whereas Fry was all, always that dumb. Like he was just kind of a slacker. All he wanted, like all he did was be a pizza delivery guy. And he just like, he had no video motivation. Listen to
0: rush. Yeah. Like that's that, that was Fry.
1: Yeah. So he had no motivation. He just was. And when he went to the future, that was basically the exact same. And it's so good. And so seldom do you have a character who is the driving force behind the show who is also that funny.
0: He was super funny, and but he was also human. Yeah, like it was—you could buy all of his stupidness, and you could buy his jokes, but you also got glimpses into some really sweet things, like where Fry, like yeah, he loves Leela. Yeah, and he's loved Leela from almost the from like a couple seasons in. Mm-hmm. There's the there's things where he's just falling in love with Leela. Yeah, and you see, he wants to be somebody he's not mm-hmm. to impress her and to be good enough for her and that sort of thing and he starts making genuine efforts throughout the series to start being sweet yeah and to try things but he's just not able to do it but you'd and also tie that able into to do it
1: oh. he doesn't it just doesn't work for him like it you know like the the the, the holophone is that what it's called the holophoner? Yeah, yep. the holophoner where he, he has the devil hands so that he can play play this instrument that also projects an image. But then he gives up his, his robot hands and ends up having his own hands. But he sits and practices to try and play it as well as he could because he wants to to do that for Leela. But the one that I, in particular that I'm thinking is the one where um, it's the one with the Harlem Globetrotters, and they, they there's time gaps, and so, like, something will happen. Oh, the all chronitons. This, what's that? The, the positons, the, yeah.
0: And yeah, the chronotons have been taken out, so there's time skips all over the galaxy? Yeah. yeah.
1: And so they have to go and rearrange... Like, he learns basically how to use the, the intergalactic spaceship that Professor Farnsworth built with this series of wires to rearrange the stars, and he rearranges the stars to say, Leela, I love you... Yeah. And he's the only one who sees it because just as he finally sees it and tries to, hopes that Leela will, they blast the supernova and all the stars get sucked into the black hole. Yep. And it's just like he was so close and that probably would have been the gesture that she needed, but he just...
0: Well, it was. Remember they got married? Yeah,
1: exactly. There
0: was a time skip when they're married and then Leela's like, you tricked me. But he actually was... He literally moved the stars themselves to show Leela that he loved her. Yeah. He's just And we're not even mentioning like him going back to being able to experience time with his mom. hmm Or the dog.
1: Oh the Seymour episode kills me. It just kills me.
0: Even Philip J. Fry, when he discovers his nephew?
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of people, because of the Seymour episode, forget how sweet that Philip J., F- when he finds that his brother named his firstborn.
1: Oh, yeah. Because Philip just disappeared. And, like, man, it just, it's, there was so much heart in that TV show, and so much of that was because of Fry. Like... Yep, exactly. Like, Amy was okay, but she's so, so airy, and, I mean, everybody loves Bender, but Bender's a thief, and... <clears throat> Professor Farnsworth is is kooky and and uh, Hermes is just he's a bureaucrat. Like there's all these other characters who have all these different quirks, but they don't have that heart that Philip J. Fry does. And Fry is just so perfect.
0: Yeah, he is. A, he is an excellent character. I'm super happy he is in our top three. Yeah,
1: like I love Zoidberg and Zoidberg is funny, and I know that he was your number one, but Philip Fry is just he's Fry. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ho, Our number two is Wiley Coyote. Yep. Now
0: Now I've also kind of looped in the Sam and Ralph stuff.
1: Yes. And I was gonna say, because we talked about this before, and Wiley Coyote is with the Roadrunner, but he's also basically the like he is the same animation as the Sam and Ralph character. Yeah. Both of those characters I absolutely love and so I was okay with keeping this one separate from Roadrunner. Because the Salmon yeah. Ralph character the Sam and Ralph sketches are almost as good as the Wily e. Coyote ones.
0: Yeah, they are. Um all of that sheepdog coyote stuff. Right? But they the all of the acne stuff mm-hmm. and all of the wily e. coyote and all of the he gravity doesn't affect him until he notices it. Yeah. And he is his own worst enemy. Nothing mm-hmm. goes wrong. It's all about him.
1: I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's um Somewhere it was circulating on Twitter for a while, and and um, probably on the internet somewhere, but well, other places on the internet. But basically, it was the rules of Wiley e. Coyote and the Road Runner.
0: Yeah, I've seen them at some point. Yeah,
1: and I I don't have them on hand. And I wish I would have thought about them, but it's like those are the rules, and it's just Coyote's screwed. Like that's just the way it goes. But that's also because he's you know the he's the well, I guess the Road Runner is the foil, right? And yep wily coyote is the jokes and all the bad things happen to him and it's the same in the salmon ralph is all the bad things happen to the villain
0: yeah exactly
1: and that's what makes it so funny is because he's an animal and he's trying to kill the roadrunner to eat him in the first one in the roadrunner ones but he's also trying to steal sheep so it's all about him trying to get food and just trying like this is his job and it just never works the way he hopes it will
0: I always love the in the Sam and Ralph ones the fact that it is actually a job, that they have an old-fashioned yeah. time clock yeah. on a tree somewhere, and they actually, like, they have punch cards that they slot in, and yeah. then they go, and then they're bros outside of work. Right. The, Morning, Sam. And the Morning, it's... Ralph.
1: Well, I'm like, as something's about to happen, and it's like the whistle blows, and then they're eating lunch, and then it comes back, and then, then they pick up where they left off. And, like, yeah. right at the end, you know, it's – the, the basically like he's just about to get clocked by I think Ralph is the dog I can't remember
0: I think I don't remember either yeah
1: anyway like he's just about to and then all of a sudden the clock goes and that's it that's the end of the day And it's just like okay see you tomorrow you bet Sam and like that's that's how it goes and it just makes me so happy yeah because it's the Looney Tunes and the Looney Tunes universe is amazing to me
0: yep Yeah. it is uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about Wiley e. Coyote?
1: He's been around for seventy years. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who he is and knows how awesome he is. So, no, I'm I'm good.
0: Fair enough. That brings us to our number one. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I'm surprised. Yep. But I'm not upset at all. Pinky and the Brain. Right.
1: Like I wasn't expecting it to be our consensus top twenty number one, but it kind of but- works.
0: Yeah, and they come from Animaniacs, which was my jam, Mm -hmm. but they also had their own show, which is why we were, why I especially felt like separating them out was cool. Yeah. The voice acting of Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson, again, from Animaniacs. Mm -hmm. Maurice LaMarche basically doing a sort of Orson Welles voice as a megalomaniac trying to conquer the world with ridiculous plans. And then Pinky being his weird, genetically modified. Narf, Zort, Poit, and Trausing <laughs> sidekick. That's right. I know all of his words.
1: <laughs> Very nice. And that's just the thing. Like, how these two are friends. Well, I guess they were probably just mice that that got... They're lab mice together. Yeah, they were lab lab mice together. So... Like that, they just grew up in the same cage. But Brain is so smart, and Pinky is just so dumb. Yep. But they play so well but, off each other.
0: But really, Pinky's also his friend, and all kind of his moral compass. Totally. Yeah. When you think about it. Yep. Yeah. Cause like there isn't there a time I seem to remember Pinky selling his soul in a Halloween episode, so Brain could win. So Brain actually gets to take over the world. But in order to do it, Pinky sells his soul. Right. And Brain and Brain goes back and saves him because ruling the world without Pinky is not worth it.
1: Huh. I don't know if I remember yeah. that, but Pinky and the Brain of Pinky and the Brain Halloween. Yeah. I think that's in a special I think Halloween episode, Pinky sells his soul yeah. so Brain can take over the world. And that's yeah. the thing, is like, okay, so he He finally gets to it, but what's the fun in ruling the world if your friend's not there? Exactly. And that that says so much about humanity right there. I mean, amidst all this ludicrous chaos and and political upheaval and everything, like, what the hell is the point in taking over the world if you're not if you're gonna be the only one there to enjoy it?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like that's that's yes. why you want your friend, even if it's Pinky, who is a little dumb but just means well and his intentions are good, and Pinky's just such a funny character and the brain like the brain schemes always get foiled not in the same catastrophic ways as say Wiley e. Coyote but just like it just never works out because something is always overlooked
0: yep there's always something yeah whether it's a, a weird thing that brain overlooked or it works too well mm-hmm. and then it just goes back to something else yeah or pinky just really likes being Amish and raising barns. <laughs> So they never get down to what they were supposed to be doing because it's kind of great doing this.
1: Yeah, nothing like a good old fashioned barn raising. Exactly. Especially if there's seven girls that you can go dancing with.
0: <laughs> Simpsons and seven brides for seven brothers. Nice.
1: It's a it's a benchmark day for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Mm-hmm.
1: Pinky and the brain, they're great. They they. It, it, it's weird that they came became number one, but as a collective list, I'm really okay with it.
0: Yeah, I, I feel really good about it. Yeah. It's arguably one of the best 90s cartoons totally. by a considerable margin. Yeah.
1: This was really fun.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed
1: it. Doing it this way was really enjoyable for me. Um, just kind of the the way that we were able to approach it was a very different form for us, but um, it, it, really enjoyable. So I'm glad that you we were able to do it. Thanks to Donna for asking us this. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say? Uh, traws. Sure.
0: Which is he only says because he sees zort written backwards in a mirror. <laughs> it's like that <laughs> traws, and then he then from that point on in the series he says traws as well.
1: <laughs> oh my god, so good! I need to find my DVDs and start watching that again. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it, my friends. You, Mister and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we just want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. Do you want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. Really? Sean are, is. Are you sure? What's at? Really? Yeah, pretty sure. Sean okay. is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with a U. And we are at Guys from Podcast. You can email us at the Guys from Podcast. Sorry, email at guysfrompodcast at gmail dot com facebook us at the guys from or animate a tv show produce it and get it aired call it something like i want to ask sean and Dave a question show it may mean you have a real niche audience but it's the right audience for you and in that tv show go ahead and ask us any and all questions that you want and we'll try to answer them <laughs> sure
0: i mean it's got to be easier than finding you on twitter if you enjoy the guys from podcasts Tell anyone you can, any way you can. And the best thing you can do to help us get the word out there is what I say every time is to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Or both, if you've got the guts. We're available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, including Player FM, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, like I said, Stitcher, even the Blueberry app. Hey Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug?
1: Okay, when was the last time you actually watched King of the Hill? For some of you, I would wager it's been a long time, if you've ever seen it at all. Uh, I mentioned it at a barbecue recently, and somebody said they'd never seen an episode. I'm like, is it good? I'm like, is it good? It's so good. So if that's you who hasn't seen it or hasn't seen it in quite some time, I highly recommend you try to find an episode. It's worth it. Sean?
0: On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this animated podcast, in more days than one, right? Huh? <laughs> huh? I see
1: what you did there.
0: Ah, uh, we also write articles on things like music. There's indie music every weekday, throwback tracks on Thursdays, occasionally gaming, sports, in theory, if we ever actually get to it. Uh, you name it, we probably write about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And where can somebody find that again, Sean?
0: www.theguysfrom.com. Aw, yeah. For more pop culture goodness to go along with the guys from com, but you're looking for something a little more meme, joke, gif, video and just random horror heavy check out at ZillaSuit that's Z-I-L-L-A-S-U-I-T on Instagram and also I'm sure there's probably a cartoon on here that you haven't seen maybe it's Invader Zim maybe it's, you've never sat down and actually watched Archer if you haven't, check them out
1: Yeah. Special thanks to The Sweets for our wonderful opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. And also, special thanks to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our takeout music called Fearless First, as well as today's ad music called Overcast.
0: This has been episode 194 of The Guys From Podcast, Point. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Dave. Have a great week, everybody.
0: The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in Tart by nothing. Nothing. But Warner Brothers, well, and Fox. Warner Brothers and Fox is that is that pretty accurate?
1: Yeah, that was pretty much most of our list. Uh, is that?
0: Oh, I, I guess. Holy crap! Is the only thing that's not Warner Brothers and Fox. GUR, Invader Zim, oh Rocky and Bullwinkle would be Hanna Barbera. Yeah. But GUR and Invader Zim and Clone High are the only ones I think that are not Warner Brothers and Fox.
1: Archer's Comedy Central, isn't it, or Cartoon F- Network? FXX. Oh, there you go.
0: FXX Studios makes Archer. At least now, I, maybe it was, and it switched around. Like Futurama was Fox, and then Comedy Central too, right?
1: So. And South Park. Comedy Central. Huh. Well, there you yeah. go. Who'd have thought? Well done, FX or Fox and Warner,
0: Warner Brothers, Brothers and Comedy Central. Yeah. And Hanna Barbera. Yeah. And Nelvana. Yeah.